screw it. Screw it. I'm going to, this is the default. That's, that's what we're getting. Ooh, that's nice. Is that or the brick wall? I don't want to feel like I'm doing stand up. No, that's, that's classy right there. I think Joe Colton used that one once. Evening, everybody. Welcome to special edition eighty-nine here on the uh, the old What's on Joe Mind program. I'm your host, Mike Irizarry. We are a fan cast about the world of GI Joe. Joining me here in the top row, uh, he is the former head of marketing for GI Joe at Hasbro. It's the Hot Show, Mark Weber. That's right, man. We got more special editions than most people have editions. Right, and let so. us be uh, uh, somewhere in the middle of the crowd of folks to to wish you guys. Uh, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, whatever your preferred term may be. Uh, and joining us for this very special occasion, from Knowing Us Half the Podcast, Robert Clark Chan is with us tonight. Ooh. Happy Honk, everybody! Robert Clark Chan. Hi. Why, why, oh, why? It, 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 uh, you said that like I was supposed to jump in with something, but it was uh, real vague, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. Went with Hoy, and I, I thought that was fine, so I was I was going to start in there. It's okay. It's all right. Okay. I so Cody Rhodes, boy, that is yeah. a hell of a thing uh, chasing that belt. That uh, that neck tattoo, it's still terrible. Mm-hmm. And it will always be, uh, unless without painful removal sessions. I mean, I'm going to guess he can afford those, but but would would. I, no, no, you, you, you can't go back from a neck tattoo. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that it was there. You yep. can't pretend you can't like put over like, oh no, no, I just got some roses there. That's totally normal, right? I mean, the Undertaker had had Sarah on the front the of his throat. Neck. Yeah, yeah. I bet that was fun to get off of there. That was uh, that was a. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, wrestlers by and large not the people you want uh, uh, as your. Uh, uh, choice for uh, uh good choices right wow wow that was a lot Low of model. not th- thank you thank you why am i on this show i like i can't I, even I think was, of the word role model i like that the undertaker took his ex-wife's name off his throat and then married a girl who looked just like her <laughs> I mean, it, seemed, it seemed kind of weird like could he just i mean i you love who you're going to love, but couldn't he just change her name to Sarah? And be I've, good? Leave the photos I've, up? <laughs> I feel like it's it's okay to just have a succession of the same person as you go. When you're when you're rich uh, like that, you can just do that. Just replace with another one and another one and another one. Yeah, it's good. The, not, young, the younger model. Yep. I'm not going to be mad at him for having a type. I, I think what would have made that perfect would be is if his wife Sarah had left him for Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, that'd be nice. Would have been just. Mm, it would have been perfect. a good bit. Is this what the podcast is about? No, because Rob doesn't like wrestling, so uh, we, we don't talk wrestling when Rob's on much. Rob, Rob, <laughs> he doesn't like wrestling, but I make Rob watch wrestling, and he's in. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to pretend he's not in, but he's in. 
I feel you. He's in. I got him. Seamus was the the intro for him. Is that he was amused by this man who is even paler than Mark. Yeah, he's my role. Mo- he's my role model. Coming on, the, coming on the screen and just slapping the shit out of people. Yeah, I've been I've been training, not the weights, but staying indoors a lot. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. wearing long sleeves. Yeah, someday. Did you dye your hair yet, though? Dude, so I'm, you gotta I'm get that red. red. I mean, the color's redder, not bad. Redder. It's thinning out though, so I, I may never get him. And if mm. I try to do the beard, it's all silver on the sides. So I, I have no I idea think, what that would be like. Right. It's the whole reason I keep it clean mostly. Mm. Is just, I was I was salt and pepper and distinguished for like six months there. Then it just it went to hell. Because I, I got a, I got a few years left up top if my dad yeah. was the was the you know was the the setter for me. Yeah. You know that's if yeah. those are the genes that I'm following down, we'll have a, a good lid for a little while yet, but. Mm-hmm beard is no no the beard is showing me off it's i, I gotta invest in headphones with like a quarter to pay on the front so i can just Ooh, put that yeah. on and be like yeah mm-hmm. showtime mm-hmm. i don't know why we aren't selling that now because I, I i know of a few podcasters that should really have that <laughs> that's um that's a big part of why they went into podcasting though mm-hmm. i know but now we've moved to video now we're video. Jesus Christ. There's right. no reason for people like us to be on camera. Oh, like, there, there's one really good reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's much easier to edit what we yeah. do. Mike's not editing an right. eight hour right. audio broadcast down to three hours. <laughs> uh, it's our, our room full of chatty bastards. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I hate, hate uh, those guys. It just it, Oh, that's what I'm doing here. Okay. Dude, that's okay, what Rob that's, that's what Rob does. That's why Rob's yeah. not here tonight. <laughs> well, fortunately for you, you have another chatty Rob. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, Robert Clark Chan, or Chan for short. Whatevs. Um, give, give us the, the backdrop on your intro way back in the day. What what made you as a youngster say, you know, G.I. Joe is pretty cool? Uh my mom wouldn't let me watch it. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah, I mean, like guns. Obviously, uh, had a hippie mom who was like, "No guns, no gun, no playing with the guns, no guns in the house, nothing, nothing." And so naturally, I was like, "Well, give me all the guns. I will turn every stick into a gun. I will turn every piece of silverware into a gun." And then I found out there was an entire show devoted to cool ass guns. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, obviously." Um, and truth be told, the Transformers uh, um, hit me a little bit harder. Because uh, it turns out I want to be a robot slightly more than I want to uh, uh, go crazy with uh, the firearms. But still, like they're both they're both very much of a piece. There's there's much fewer pull ups involved being a robot, so I can understand that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so so around what 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 era were we jumping on for here? What when when was your? Oh, it, it would have been, uh, pro- I guess. It would have had to have been like right around the first run there because that, that was like I was like nine, ten years old uh, watching it um, on weekdays, just coming home uh, from school and yeah, getting getting those hooks in. I, I feel you on that one because my mom was the same way. But thankfully, I have, you know, a near uh, uh, growing up, I had a near puritanical older sibling 
that was way into G.I. Joe, too. And he didn't turn into a psychopath. Okay. That, that made them feel better about me. <laughs> I was always a little bit more rambunctious. So they, there was a concern there that, uh-oh, we don't we don't want to give this kid toy guns. And then it turned out, you know what? He's he's all right, that one. <laughs> well, I was a latchkey kid, so it wasn't so much that, um, you know, like I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. Uh, I just could. Right. I just had to. I just had to know to clean things up after you know before right. my mom got home. Uh, if you know, she asked like, "What did you watch?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, Sesame Street, uh, Electric Company, PBS, just all PBS." <laughs> um, all that shit. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. 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 What just, you gonna do? Call me a liar? Right. <laughs> Probably. That, what's that gonna solve? That's what I'm learning as a parent. As you drop, <laughs> you drop your empty beer bottles behind the couch. Occasional <laughs> stuff. That's fine. Not so loud. That, that's the thing. That's again what I'm learning is like, pick up the beer bottles for God's sakes. Don't just leave them on the floor. Throw them in the garbage before I get home. What's wrong with you? Right, right. That is the whole trick to winning at latchkey childhood, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's well, just knowing how to clean up well enough that you didn't get caught doing the stuff you weren't supposed to do. Well, and having available alcohol is the best way to get through the deke years. So. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't watch the deke years till I was a full-ass grown adult. And you know what? It didn't help. No. Yeah. Getting no, Stone Cold Blasted still didn't help because <laughs> no. I still have memories of it. Yeah, that, that can't be fixed. It cannot. We're currently, uh, for the podcast, we're in uh, the, oh gosh, which years is it? Is it Resolute? It's not resolute. It's the uh, no. It's you're like the first uh, anime one. Yeah, yeah. You're in um, Sigma Six. Sigma Six. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You're only the one who's having to watch these and do the podcast, Jan. I, <laughs> I shouldn't be having to coach you through that. Here's the thing: I do anything I possibly can to not watch the GI Joes because honestly, uh, the original Sunbows are the peak, mm. and as you go through, you'll find like two or three episodes in any given season we're like oh hey uh, that wasn't bad it's almost like the uh, as good as the originals and then you have you have to slog through another two dozen episodes of pure garbage so right um yeah as as much as i can put it out of my head i can right there there was um uh extreme was better than you'd think it was. It was. I was surprised. Yeah, like the animation was was pretty awful and blocky and dark, but the stories were okay. Yeah, the the aesthetics of it like really bothered me because it was deep in the nineties, right. and you know everything felt like you were drinking an energy drink, or <laughs> like it, they weren't even energy drinks at the time. We were drinking Surge and watching brightly colored cartoons, and that was it. Thinking that we were like. A cutting edge or something awesome punks um <laughs> we're all street sharks in a way oh. but Ooh. uh yeah that does not age well it does mm. not age well no it, you know what's funny is that was such a great time for comedy cartoons with you know, pinky and the brain and animaniacs and freakazoid and and and, and yeah. tycoons and you know like there was really good comedy shows at the time but yeah for action shows uh I mean, honestly, there have been action cartoons. Uh, that's one of the mainstays of the animation genre, and I can't think of a golden age for them. 
uh, it's a real hard genre to get right because you're, you know, pitching it to kids and you want to be more uh, complex, more, you, you want it to be darker, you want to have higher stakes, but you can't because, right. you know, you're pitching it at eight, nine year olds. Right, right. It's a yeah. There aren't a whole lot of shows that I can think of uh, that really uh, do that well. I feel like Pirates of Dark Water was one of them. Yeah, um, I forgot about them. Yeah, a couple others. I mean, when when Superman and and Batman came back. Yeah, the BTAS and uh, I, okay, you know what? I suppose there was kind of a golden age there with uh, DC. Right. Um, yeah. Right. But but even still, there was a little window in there, but like 94, 95, when Batman animated series was done for a little bit and they hadn't started Superman yet, and that second run of Batman hadn't gotten going. Yeah, there was that was where G.I. Joe Extreme fell. And it was it, again, it wasn't bad. It was it wasn't it as was bad. bad. Wasn't uh, X-Men rolling on Fox about then? Oh, wait. 95, 96 for X-Men, I think. Was it? I don't Something know. Something like that. Mm. X-Men 94 is the... Um, that's the reboot. The so did it start in 94? Mm. Yeah, they're, uh, uh, they're rebooting it now and calling it uh, X-Men 94. So I guess it would have to have been... So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Guilt... Confession time. I never actually watched the X-Men cartoon. Oh, it's pretty good. I just I wasn't an X Men guy. I was an Avengers guy, so it bothered me that that the heroes I liked better were not getting a TV show. I did watch Spider Man. I honestly wasn't aware that there were Avengers guys because I was an X Men kid, so um, and and such an X Men snob that when the cartoons came out, I was like, "This is not this is not the real stuff." Come on now, right? Where are the um, real go X Men with the gorilla? Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Pre-show jokes. Uh, very much into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I started uh, reading X Men comics uh, when I was in the fifth grade, and so by the time the animated show came along, I was like, you know, I'm sorry, this isn't dark enough and gritty enough for my taste. Uh, and then looking back on it, you know, yeah, it was a real solid show. Right. Um, much better storytelling than you know a lot of the other stuff of the time. But looks you defended as a child. <laughs> I showed it to my uh, my daughter's a big X Men fan, and Kitty Pride is her number one, like ride or die. And mm-hmm. I showed her the the very first episode of that X Men thing, and they all pop up and run around, and and Jubilee shows up in the intro, and my daughter's like, "Who the hell is Jubilee?" Because <laughs> <laughs> she's she was old enough to realize she was in the kiddie role, right? The the mm-hmm. eyes of the child, the new to the kid, the new to the teen <laughs> kid. Who the hell is Jubilee? Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna like her. <laughs> she's not gonna get better. No, no, it was um, it it was a tough character to to get right. Yeah, but uh, Larry Hellman did okay with her, and he was about the only one. He was really about the only one. So, Chan, yeah, let's fast forward to your adulthood. Oh, please, right? Because uh, frankly, all that reminiscing is kind of giving me a headache. We got to skip over the adolescent years, which are not a good time for me. No. Also, my late teens, uh, early twenties, 
mid to late 30s, mm. early 40s, not great. Uh, mid 40s, whoo, that was a stinker. Um, uh, late 40s, doing okay. Doing okay. So, I mean, you're doing okay here at 74 years young. Ooh. It's, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, I, black don't crack. So, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, you look sensational. Thank for you. Thank for you. 74. Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel 73. Right. Look, we we barely make any money on this as it is. Right. The last thing I need is them coming after me. So we could have played Careless Whisper on loop behind that whole thing, and it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't need to get on any lists. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> all the all this channel shits in my name. Thank you. Right. Not, yeah. The only so, list you're on is Tim Roberts' list. That's your list. No, you don't think you're on there by affiliation? Come I mean, on. I mean, sure, but that's still secondary. Right. It's so hard to find an Irizarry out there. <laughs> Safety in numbers. I'll just move to San Juan. That's how I'll know when Tim Roberts is on the hunt, man. Is when you <laughs> and Rob disappear and stink you too. All right. We'll we'll just we'll be in San Juan where there's thousands of us. <laughs> it's the only place in the world, Puerto Rico, where there's a ton of Irizarys. The only it. It's all there is. So anyways, uh, take us back, Robert Clark Chan. Give us your version of the origin of Knowing Us Half the Podcast. I had uh, met a very nice person uh, doing sketch comedy, topical sketch comedy out here in Los Angeles. Um, got invited to uh, her wedding that was uh, uh, um, uh, the minister. What do you call that? The person who does the services. The officiant. Uh, the officiant, yeah, was Emo Phillips. And I'm like, dang, man, I'm in Hollywood. I'm big time. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, met the, the weird-ass dude she married. Uh, started hanging out, and he was like, you want to do a podcast about G.I. Joe? And I said, no, that sounds like <laughs> a terrible idea. I, I will said, not. <laughs> You're right, right? Yeah. That we should have listened to our inner voice that told us, or even the outside voice that actually said it out loud. Don't do this. This is a terrible idea. Um, but uh, no, we went ahead and did it anyway. I got another uh, cool comedy person I knew, and uh, that was eight years and change. Still still doing it. Just uh, 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 We started out watching every G.I. Joe. Um, I thought we were going to stop with Sunbow. That's 80 some episodes. Right. Yeah. I was like, cool, that's it out. And then moving on. And and then they were like, yeah, but there's still more G.I. Joe. I'm like, why? Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just that's it. That's just keep keep on rolling. Uh, you're taking it all chronologically. That's that's the idea. I started interspersing uh other cartoons in there. And so we've, end, I mean, we've done, I think, something around 500 episodes now, uh, just like all sorts of cartoons, um, a lot of G.I. Joe, and uh, just having fun with it. I, the episode that I was on with you guys was the Sabrina the Teenage Witch Halloween special. So, yes. Ah, yeah, good yeah. stuff. 
truly a, a left turn from the world of GI. <laughs> There's a lot of really fun holiday animated specials out there. Yeah, it, you guys have really become something of an encyclopedia on those. Um, you're you're almost, dare I say, a topic expert. Ooh. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a topic expert uh, in much the same way that uh, you wouldn't uh, say that uh, um, someone who'd been tortured in Vietnam was an expert on torture. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to have to edit this out, too. No, <laughs> no we'll leave that in. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we've watched a lot. And there have been some good ones and a lot of really, really terrible ones. Yeah. Yeah, there's there you've you've done some of the ones that I remember seeing as a kid and thinking as a kid, this is terrible. Like that's how you know you've got a bad holiday special. Man, why would you even I remember being that age and turning something on and going like the hell is this? And just <laughs> not watching it. And feeling bad because, like, man, we're showing cartoons at 8.30 at night and I'm not watching it? What a ripoff. Right. Like, I watched because it was a cartoon at 8.30 at night. Mm -hmm. And I I was generally good to my parents, so they I needed some outlet to make them suffer. I see. Uh, okay. So, so I watched. But again, I remember being sitting there as a child staring blankly at the television going this is terrible why am i watching this and so i felt about masters of the universe which one all of them <laughs> fair enough mark's just got a thing on the he-mans oh. hey even, even as a kid i'm like i think 80 percent of this was recycled from the last one right <laughs> the animation is just so obviously the same stuff they just drop stuff in it was yeah. like when my when my uh, when Derek, my firstborn, was young, uh, my wife's a big Disney fan, and so she got him turned on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, right? And the whole episode was about getting the hot dogs to the picnic. Oh, we got to get the hot dogs to the picnic, and and spoiler, they did. It all worked out okay. And then Mickey was like, "Ha ha, let's sing the hot dog song," and I'm like, "Makes sense." Right? The hot dogs are kind of central to this episode. So they sang this big hot dog song. And then the next episode, it was like, oh, I don't know. Goofy's in a hot air balloon that can't come down. Oh, my goodness. Let's save him. Or let him go. Right? I mean, who cares? But but <laughs> they met. Goofy. You right? know you did. Gorsh. They're letting me die. Yes, they are, Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> but... They pull him down, and it's all good, and they're happy to see him, and he's happy to be back on Earth. And Mickey goes, let's sing the hot dog song. And I'm like, hot wait, dog, that's, hot dog, that's hot garbage. diggity dog. You just sang the hot dog song yesterday. Where's the welcome back Goofy Didn't Die song? Or <laughs> the surface-to-air missiles who didn't lock on to Goofy as he you know, left international airspace. No, right. we're just going to sing that hot dog song again. As he floated over communist China. Just roll the launch from Galactica footage and we'll be all right. Same thing. <laughs> I feel like there was a, uh, uh, thank goodness Goofy didn't get uh, uh, nuked by surface-to-air missiles. And it got cut. It got removed from the right. episode and just replaced with uh, careless whispers. Oh, that's good, too. I heard yeah. he floated. It was a, a heavy... Uh, Northbound wind, he landed in Canada and got eaten by Wendigo. Who knew? Dig, 
dag. That is I uh, it's happening to <laughs> more and more Disney characters. And a- after after the death of Goofy, Pluto stood upright on his hind legs and just walked into Goofy's house and said, Daddy's home. <laughs> it's a good play. Right. Right. I it I yeah, it all tied together in my head like that. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my God! What 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 are we talking about again? I, I know mean, you're it, the one with the questions, man. It's hard to remember because so much has been cut out to this point. Right, Keep this right. show on the rails because that's your job. I'm not good at that job. Mm, Folks, comments will tell you I'm not not good at that job mm. at all. <laughs> like there, most weeks we're on every Tuesday, Chan. There's probably 45 minutes worth of show, and we're struggling to keep it in under two hours. So um, rails are not not there for us. I Let's talk the, about another podcast that I do where we're recapping a two-hour show that sh- the recap frequently runs up against the two hours that we watch the show. Uh, so I feel you. I feel you. That's better than you do with knowing us half the podcast when you guys do take a 30-minute a holiday special and talk about it for an hour and 45 minutes. I mean, here's the thing. that That is – it's there for commentary. The the whole point is we're we're uh, spinning that sow's ear into a silk purse uh, to make you appreciate the experience of the, the the time that you would otherwise have wasted watching the goddamn Mirthworms Christmas special. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. That, that is fact, very much on the list of that. When I had that realization earlier this week that there were just shows that I remember blankly sitting and watching. Like Mirthworm's Christmas special is what triggered that thought. <laughs> I remember sitting there and watching that and and realizing as a child, hey, this is no good at all. Why am I sitting here watching this? Oh, it's because there's cartoons on at night. The good news is you can think that each and every single one of those people that put out a special like that with some uh, what looks like a toy line. It definitely looked like they had in their head man we're gonna drop this holiday special it's gonna blow up cabbage patch style everyone's gonna want a mirthworm. we're gonna people are gonna be storming the toy stores trying to grab these things we're gonna be billionaires and then just crickets yeah were there worm toys i don't even I, i don't remember them if there were i mean that's all you need to know Surely there's a, a a landfill somewhere full of ET uh, video games and Mirthworm dolls, mm-hmm. right? Didn't they find that ET landfill? In- they did. Yeah, which means that someday someone might find the Mirthworm landfill. Okay, except yeah. no one's looking for it. Just right. right, and they wouldn't. And they wouldn't tell anybody. Like, mm-hmm. No, keep that down the down low. <laughs> There's a secret uh, Da Vinci Code society that's uh, specifically tasked with burying the secrets and no one will ever find it. So, uh, Chan, how would you rate? You've said now that that Sunbow is is the pinnacle of G.I. Joe animation for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unquestionably. How how would you rate them after that? Uh, uh, Deke is the, the nadir, not just of the franchise, but of uh, Western culture. There you go. Um, 
what oh geez what was after gi joe extreme had some ups and downs um there's some pretty solid people working on it so uh a lot of the storytelling was better and had a right to be um the right. one we're on now sigma six is like someone was like oh man pokemon's big let's make the uh um gi joe version of that and it goes about as well as you would expect for someone trying to make a pokemon version of gi joe uh, you you've done the first season of this right yeah 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 uh, i i as i understand mind you i have not seen any of them but it's out it's right there hey it's free on youtube hasbro is like there no one is going to purchase this there is zero money to be made from this we own it and it would cost us more to print on it would cost us more to stream it uh and try and charge for it than to just give it away so it's sitting there on the youtube you can get it for free the official version do it try it please no i no. dare you no again I, I have seen a couple episodes from season one but i have not seen any from season two and i understand that season two is a little bit better yeah so it's you, yeah it's not horrible it's just they're trying to do a thing that just doesn't make much sense like they're doing a passable job of doing a uh a kids you know oriented anime show it's just like why why would you put gi joe into this right they were great toys yeah it helped sink a really good toy line <laughs> so. the toys were good yeah oh, i'm surprised toys were excellent it's mm. probably the best packaging ever done for any gi joe toy they had it was like a almost like a, a rectangle cylinder that the toy came in with a gray plastic top and bottom that once you opened it became like a weapons case for all the weapons and it had a blinking red light on the top of some of them Jesus. so when you walk down the aisle it was actually going check me out check me out check me out check me that out. sounds awesome not bad man like and then they got a cartoon to go with it and money to develop, and they put out that steaming turd <laughs> that sank the whole thing. <laughs> well done. Oh, and, and even better, midway through, they went, well, it's, it's selling okay, but we feel we alienated the three and three-quarter collectors by going to a, what was it, seven-inch scale? Eight-inch eight scale. So they said, we want to bring, let's let's do another scale because we alienated our core base. Here's our new two and a half inch line, <laughs> which pleased no one. <laughs> we so, represent the lollipop kill, the lollipop kill. Yeah. So they sank a ton of money into brand new tooling at a brand new scale that no one wanted. If they'd have made three and three quarter as the second scale, and if that cartoon had been good, we might still be buying Sigma Six figures right now. Right. Well, they were doing it at the same time as 25th anniversary. So yeah, we'd we'd have bought those up. Yep. We'd have bought those up. This is why you don't let executives make creative decisions. Right. Mark's a marketing guy. He puts the mark in marketing. I do. <laughs> how much crap, how much of this crap do you buy? Uh I mean. I feel real bad about this, seeing as how it's a, 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 a figures show. But honestly, I mostly buy Funkos. <laughs> we knew there was somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
for for me it's um yeah it's I, I there are very few things left that i'll bother buying merch for and so it's it's driven by you know just that like i would like a parks and rec character please um and funko has the most of those right and then i'll just like get like one or two you know as, as specific as you can get oh yeah the one from that specific episode where they're washing dishes and then that's it and then i'm out that's so. a nice nice thing about funko is whatever you want they probably made it right mm -hmm. like yeah i've never seen some uh, a company with that good a licensing range like pretty much whatever they want beatles sure uh, Beastie Boys, yeah, no problem. Like they grab stuff that hardly anybody else has gotten a guess for. I feel, uh, I don't know. It seems like they just must have such a low overhead that they can, you know, like uh, cut deals for all sorts of crazy stuff, and you know, just crank out a bunch. And if it doesn't work, eh, throw them in the trash, make some new ones. There you go. Just repaint them. It's fine. Yeah, that's just it, Mark. They don't repaint them. Like they're all different. They, even even the ones of the same character. It's never just a new paint job. It's always different. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, but. It, it's it's weird. It's it's. I think we're starting to see that business model crack for them. But I mean, Lord knows they made their fortune getting there. Here's my here's my uh, my dare to uh, the Funko Pop people. Uh, go lock down Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> tell me how that works tell me how how far you get with calvin hobbs tell bill i said hi <laughs> he, he wrote a book so he's actually easier to find these days right but but he doesn't he doesn't license five, calvin year, hobbs five, years, ago, five years ago they wouldn't have even been able to find him yeah i'm saying <laughs> you find him to get the rejection yeah now now some of the journalists they can they can go through them to find the guy uh but now he's got all that sweet sweet book money you know, so he, he doesn't need he doesn't need no Funko cash. Right. When I when I was back at McFarland Toys earlier in my career, they did a mock up of Calvin and Hobbes on the sled going you know straight downhill a billion miles an hour. It looked sensational, and they called they called him up or called up his representative, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, you want to license Calvin Hobbes? I have one question for you. Is it a calendar?" <laughs> uh no it is not a calendar then we're done here said the guy <laughs> that's it well, they, is that the best or worst job in the world right just pretty pretty cut and dry there right <laughs> one question for you guys is it a calendar and i think at one point somebody was able to actually get an audience where they brought the prototype out to show him and he was like you know what that is actually pretty cool but it's not a calendar <laughs> <laughs> all right Good to know. I, don't, I don't know if you know who steve albini is but he's a a, a chicago guy who was like in the punk scene and became a producer slash engineer and he's mainly known for just being the most dickish like principal guy in the history of history oh. and you know like oh you know like oh you sell outs you know like he's the guy who produced uh nirvana's in utero and instead of you know like one of the biggest albums of all time uh instead of like you know getting that 
sweet producer money. He's like, I'm, I'm a flat fee. I'm going to be your engineer. And that's it. <laughs> because he's just like, I, I don't believe in all of uh, the music industry is garbage. And I, I feel like, uh, and I love that man so much because <laughs> agree or disagree with him. Right. Like, you know where he stands and there's never any wavering. Mm-hmm. There's never any like, oh, geez, but like, that is a lot of money. Maybe I should compromise just a little bit. Um, and I feel like Bill Watterson's the same way where you're like, dude, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like you could have fed Africa with the <laughs> money that you got from merchandising, uh, but you just got to respect that. You yeah. got to respect that kind of craziness. Right. Instead, he can only feed half of Africa with his publishing money. Right. Well, you know, yeah. does do people still read Calvin and Hobbes? I know I'm talking to the wrong audience because yeah. we're all old, but like, does a 12 year old know who Calvin and Hobbes is anymore? Maybe not. They're there. What the problem with that is, I, I think daily newspapers have all but abandoned comic strips. But mm, yeah, like it's still they're still with a syndicate. They're still run those those strips online uh, on in a some kind of daily format you know where if you go to whatever whatever group that is you go to their site you can still get a daily calvin and Hobbes. so i'm, I'm sure that that model isn't working for them like the old newspapers right did, but i can't uh, imagine it would be i mean if mom and dad have those books on the shelves and they're, they're gonna look at something with funny pictures with a kid and a tiger they're mm-hmm. the odds are good that they'll be at least into it for a little bit for what it's Dad. worth, if you need to get your daily fix of Snuffy Smith and Barney Google, you can do that too. <laughs> the Wizard of Id, come on, baby, right? let's uh, go. When was the last time somebody had a daily itch for Snuffy Smith and Barney? Google? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, as a kid, I was huge in the comic strips, and one of my favorite things to do would be to go to a used bookstore and just find those little paperback collections of like just anything. Because that's just, you know, like how they got put out. And I don't, you know, I don't know how much the creators made off of that kind of thing. But uh, I used to, my grandmother would would collect uh, uh, daily comics pages from the Bakersfield, Californian, and like send them to me every couple months. I would just have (laughs) like (laughs) two months worth of comics pages to go through. And it's so great. But, you know, like. Who, what 12 year old, six year old would watch that anymore when they could turn on Netflix and have dozens upon dozens of, of cool animated stuff to watch or uncool animated stuff. Like the three quarters of the, the comics pages were garbage anyway, right. but we still read them because that's all we had. So now they could just watch Coco Mill until they turn 60. I remember my dad once in a while would, would erupt and be like, enough comic books. We're taking you to the library. Okay. <laughs> we go to the library. They sent me down to the kids section and it was a real bear for a couple months. And then I found the area with the, with the comic strips. Compiled, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's go to the library. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. my, my folks tried that too. And then Rob found all of the reference books about comic books. Okay. <laughs> and then I look across the room and I see a couple of bookshelves full and I know there's a couple of more in his room full of just comic book reference material. The man knows more about comic books. He has forgotten more about comic books than I've ever learned. And I'm pretty deep in comic books. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's so they 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 thought they were being smart. But yeah. so Here's much. a weird thing about being a parent: is I just assume that all kids just want to hole up in their room and read all day long. Turns out some of them like being social and don't actually need to hole up in a room to hide from everyone. So uh, it can be kind of hard to get those kids to read. Yeah, I do me. not know what to do with a kid who does not want to read all of the time. That was me. I didn't like to read, but my older brother loved reading. And so he didn't mess with me like most older brothers do because he just wanted it quiet and peaceful so he could mm. read his book. And I thought that was a gift. And then I had kids and they fight like normal <laughs> kids do. And I'm like, what is this? I haven't dealt with this. I didn't, this never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't quite know how to deal with that either. Because, again, I had Rob, who was older than me, and I was bigger than he was, you know, like stronger than he was. So he wasn't like he wasn't going to pick any fights. And then my younger brother was four years behind. So he was too small. Yeah, you know, like it was just there's no way to, to pick that fight and look good. There's no way you're really going to win on that fight. Mind yeah. you. <laughs> He understood that too, and would start shit and to get get me in trouble for. Mm -hmm. We're we're a bright lot in our family, so yeah, it yeah, it, I, it's a dynamic that I don't understand. But you that's why we only have one because it's real hard to lie and make stuff up. Like, oh yeah, no, my little brother did it. You, you don't have one, dude. Mm -hmm. It's you. You're the only one who knocked over the milk glass. You're the only other person in the house. <laughs> I suppose that's how you end up uh, having a kid who does like uh, paranormal research. Ooh. No, it was a ghost. It was a ghost. It was the ghost. The ghost did it. I'll prove. I'll prove it. God damn it! You can't see him. I can see him. <laughs> they make movies about this stuff <laughs> with a gorilla. Those are the gorilla. gorilla. Yeah. Who doesn't really believe in it? It's just a paycheck. <laughs> Nothing worse than an unmotivated gorilla. Ugh. Is he friends with Dan Aykroyd? Maybe. Or is Dan Aykroyd? Mm. You've, uh, you, I know, I know, you've got another podcast floating around out there. Yeah, I do indeed. Tell, I tell honestly, us. I have dozens of them uh, littering the various and sundry podcast graveyards. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, the one that you're actively out there doing promotional work for. And host. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you're also going to be more specific because I do zero promo for any of these things. <laughs> by look, by promo work, I'm saying I think I saw you posted about on Twitter once. Yeah, no, that is that is that is the one time that I posted about it. <laughs> We've been going for four years now. I'm pretty sure that that's uh, it's about how much. But tell the folks at home what's up. Uh, that one's called AE Double Back. Uh, it used to be called WW Recap, uh, and then there came a point where we could no longer do it. Just could not hang. I believe it was around, uh, it was after possibly the first, maybe the second Saudi debacle, and then uh, uh, just after things got real ugly with COVID, uh, when it turned out that they had uh, given the Florida government like $15 million to turn their back and let uh, 
let him keep running shows. I was like, you know what? Uh, I have I have stuck by this goddamn company through steroid scandals and and, and drug deaths and murders <laughs> and Jinder Mahal and Jinder Mahal. <laughs> all of all of the atrocities all of the war crimes that they have committed uh i i've had enough and also the sh- the the, uh, the product was garbage at that point it so really- we're like hey look there's a there's another show why don't we just watch that instead and uh so we've been watching aw dynamite uh ever since and it's been a hoot just dynamite or you get the uh, collision and rampage and all that other stuff too here's the thing um if uh, in my 20s we uh uh just had a blast we would get together every monday and watch uh raw just like there were like a dozen of us that would just come trooping into someone's house and watch raw and sometimes we'd switch over to nitro and you know we'd get into uh uh, thunder and smackdown eventually uh, wwe heat um just like just watch endless wrestling and now i've got a kid in a full-time job and i am too tired not only uh to keep up with the other uh two shows from aew um but also any of the w i have peacock I could watch any of the WWE. I could watch any of the pay-per-views from decades past. I do not have time to watch a single friggin' one of those things. I can watch Japanese wrestling. I can watch indie wrestling from all over the country, all over the world. It's all at my fingertips, and I do not have the time or the energy to watch any of it. And my younger self is weeping <laughs> weeping to have to be able to watch something like like uh new japan or stardom uh tjpw ddt like any of that stuff would have been just amazing and now i'm just like oh my god can i can i just sleep is that a, is that a thing i can do can i just go to bed that would be awesome thank you just hold out for middle school, man. You know, he's got to go eventually. <sighs> Here's, I mean, honestly, I'm so looking forward to getting my kid into wrestling, but not now. It cannot be now because he's still in the stage where he thinks it's real fun to leap off a trampoline and clock me just like full on body slam out of nowhere. And I can't. I can't. <laughs> I just don't have the attention span to like like a samurai to know my surroundings 360 degrees every moment of the day. He'll just come blasting up to me and just slam his his head into my stomach. I'm just I'm walking with a cup of tea, man. Why? And this is without any professional wrestling. As soon as he learns what a drop kick is. I'm a right. dead man. I am literally a dead man. So right right now he's pretty much got the arsenal of Kool-Aid man. Yeah. And, yeah. and you don't want yeah. to progress from that. <laughs> like I, I absolutely, if you told me that the, the last thing I would see on earth was uh, 
just me looking at a full length mirror, him busting through my torso and going, Oh yeah. And then right. me falling down in a heap. I'd be like, yeah, that seems like how I would go. Yep. Fade the black, roll the credits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no bonus scene. Just done. No, no mid credits cutscene for me. I'm done. That'd be awesome if they came back and it was just a still shot of the corpse, right? And like, <laughs> and then back to black. And his eyes are closed, and there's a faint smile on his face because finally, <laughs> rest. <laughs> there was a a one page comic that I loved, and it had the three little pigs looking out a window. At the uh, the big bad wolf giving a hundred bucks to Kool Aid Man, <laughs> and on the bottom it said, "When shit gets real." <laughs> so, I love the idea of Kool Aid Man hired gun, right? Down. <laughs> are there any good commercial mascots anymore? Uh. Let's see. There's there's the general for that crummy uh, car insurance. There's Flo from Progressive and that cast. Uh, there's the Gecko. Flo's been on the air forever. Well, yeah. Unless unless your insurance, no. Why why insurance? I like cereal makes sense. You're trying to convince dumb little kids to right, buy yeah. your your trash food. Right. But like, are there six year olds who are like really needing life insurance? It's it, that's they've they're not going for that anymore, I guess, because they understand that nothing is going to make their hipster parents buy cereal because they either don't want the sugar or they don't want the gluten. So, cereal is kind of out like th there's very few cereals that sell with any kind of success anymore. Like, Honey Nut Cheerios is the number one seller in, in the cereal aisle, and it's Ooh, that's disappointing. Right, it's it's it is barely less boring than Cheerios. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who loves Cheerios, right? Like Honey Nut Cheerios, eh? Cheerios, I'm in. I don't understand why, but that's gross, dude. It, that's gross. Look, it is, and and some it, I accept that, and and that's all I can do. Um, I'm disappointed in myself because, like, as a kid, I'm like. I'm going to grow up and I'm going to eat cookie crisp every GD day of the week. And here I am. I'm like, Oh, gross. A bowl full of cookies. Why would I do that to myself? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's basically just, just, that's a death wish. That's a headache and a, a nasty trip to the bathroom and a nap. That is not a fun nap. Yeah, you know it's a oh. necessary nap. It's not a not a an optional nap. That sugar crash hits different in your forties, yeah, really yeah. does. And I'm gonna I'm gonna team up with Robert on you here, Mike, because if you have kids, there's no such thing as a bad nap. If you manage <laughs> to get, if you manage to fall asleep during a three minute commercial break, that was a damn good three minutes. He just, <laughs> he just called you Robert, right? Oh, yeah, out of, yeah, out of respect. I appreciate that. What? From him, not from you. I was about to say you were introduced Mike. to me as Chan, so you don't get to call me that. All right, I w I wasn't planning to. <clears throat> so, unless unless I get to go to Bobby. Mm, Bobby. No, no. I've been called many things. I have been called Bob in the past, but not a Bobby. I was a Robbie at one point. As a uh, kid, what what was it? What was the? Was uh, as a very young kid, it was Robbie. 
then it was Robert, then Bob, then Chan, then back to Robert. And now it's more or less Chan. Okay. All right. See that again, that's how you were introduced to me. Yeah, I know. They lied. I just I stinking Ray. Anyways. That's yeah, that's fair. That's it, right. Right. But uh yeah, well again, I I I grew up my brother is Rob and he was a Bobby at a very young age. But um then he very like he was six or seven years old and he was like, you know what? It's Rob. It's just Rob. It's just yeah. And he has been that entire as soon as, as soon as he got the glasses, he was in first grade or so when he got glasses. It's been Rob since then. Wow. So okay. He got out before the whole Howie Mandel Bobby thing. Right. So business casual from that point on. Yeah. Okay. If there was ever a man who who will be buried in a collared rugby shirt and and khakis, it is it's my brother Rob. <laughs> With a Batman comic. Just one though. Just one, because it's one. I mean, he's going to be buried with it, so it's going to be a shitty one. But <laughs> it'll be a Batman book, anyways. Is he oddly enough? Is he's going to be the one that's polybagged? Yes, yes. Two pieces of tape on the back, though, because <laughs> he's a good one. I I feel like I like the most important contribution that I've made to his life is getting him to tape. Not not widthwise where the tape tears. I got him to switch to taping lengthwise on the back of the comic bag. Is that a Wait long a discussion? You mean up down, not side to side? Yeah. Up down, not side to side. Boo. Because the tape doesn't tear. Mm. Mike's, don't, right. Don't to, Mike's right. And, and you don't get me right, but you know. it's ugly. It's ugly. It's on Who's the back? Back of the comic bag. I just uh, I want things to be beautiful. Front and back. I want to be able to look at both sides because you never know. So you're going form over function. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I am very much sizzle and very little steak. This is this is unforgivable, Jen. See, I go. Oh, see, but I go straight up and down, but I have the fold come over the front of the cover. So I can oh, see wow. what, I'm, what I'm getting when I open it up. You, okay. see you see that, Mark? I kicked him off his own special edition. <laughs> Wouldn't we be kicked, the first time, won't be the last. Man, we, we kicked Phil Donnelly off the air. I say we. I, when I say we, I mean Mike. Uh, seven times uh, like <laughs> two weeks ago. It was a world record. It was amazing. Yeah, we, we, are, uh, we are recording this at the beginning of December. So uh, by this point, it'll be like seven weeks ago. Yeah. So go back and check that one out, everybody. If we'd have kicked them out, and I want to say we, I mean you. If you'd have kicked them out for an eighth time, I think you just would have gone to Disneyland. Probably. I think just would have been. We come back to a gone fishing sign, right? Hanging on his chair, with Mickey ears on the side of it. Yeah. Right. He would have been chasing Goofy in that damn hot air balloon, all the way to the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> so, uh, to 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 segue back to the rails. Because that's my job, apparently. Wow. Wow. We've only been off the rails for a half hour or so. That's how I like it. Okay. Like it. But uh, give, give us your thoughts. It is obviously a hot button topic in the world of professional wrestling right now. Give us your, sure. your, your thoughts on the state of AEW. I mean, it, it, it is. People are judging their. They're doing the the tribal thing, like one or the other. It has to be one or the other. You can't have both. 
there's no way for the two of them to possibly coexist in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and then, you know, the comparison is obviously this four-year-old organization versus, you know, the, um, what, are, what are we talking the actual inception of WWE, like 83, something like that? So Yeah, when it made the flop. So, yeah, yeah, like 81, 82 at the earliest. 40 years, like, obviously, it is a completely different beast, and it, there's no comparison. The real comparison that I think can be made is SNL uh, season one versus SNL season 48. You, There's no comparison between the two anymore because the two are not doing the same thing. When SNL uh, first uh, appeared, they were trying to uh, essentially revolutionize television, or at least you know their little uh, uh, corner of it. Like we're going to uh, break all of the rules, and we're going to create something new and exciting, and we're going to make this thing as funny as possible. The thing they are now is an entity that perpetuates itself, right. and it is phenomenally good at that. It right. is. Like you can't take it off the air. There is nothing that could replace it. Um, it's it's it jump starts or fuels so many careers. It pays the bills for so many people, and it just is what it is. And when you go to it, you're like, "Well, this isn't very funny," but it's too late. You've already gone to it. They already got what they needed out of you. Right just because it's part of the conversation and it's going to be that way. Uh, Lauren's going to retire, you know, uh, in two years probably. Um, and hopefully he won't be uh, um, a Vince about it. We'll see. <laughs> right. But like it, the thing will perpetuate itself. It will continue on without him. And people will always say that it wasn't as good as it was when they were 12 years old. Well, guess what? Everyone's going to say that for the rest of time because that's what it is. It's a thing that gets its hooks into you when you're an adolescent, um, just like Mad Magazine did, and right. you're will we'll remember it fondly and forget that the thing that you're watching now is exactly as good as the thing that you were watching then. You're just a different person. AEW is, um, I think it's fantastic. It is doing everything that I want. Uh, I'm watching it and just enjoying the hell out of it. You know, ups and downs, obviously. Nothing's perfect. Right. But uh, uh, it is sort of taking a lot of old school stuff and modernizing it and telling really interesting stories and, and you know, uh, uh, doing a lot of fake fighting that I find really engaging. Um, and I I'm glad that I'm watching it. Uh, WWE is, you know, um, it is what it is, and they got some really great stuff there. But uh, given my druthers, uh, that's what I want to be watching. Fair. What was the question? I think I think you answered it, but I don't remember. Cool, man. Your 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 thoughts on the state of AEW? Yeah, I mean, I it, again, it was more in reference to everybody in the world at large saying, "Oh, the sky is falling." And uh, I, I think those are short-sighted folks. Yeah. And again, it's it's four years in. And you know what? If it's around 36 years from now, it's going to be terrible. Just like the worst of WWE. And 
uh, uh, Tony Khan has already shown a lot of the symptoms of billionaire syndrome. Um, you know, if he got as big as Vince, he's absolutely going to be as big of a prick as Vince is. Um, right. So, Judy's you know, already worth how much more? You know, I'm, I'm not going to uh, um, lash any of my personality to it. I'm an AEW guy. I only mm. watch this. This is, you know, uh, when it is up, I am up. When it is down, I am down. It is a thing I enjoy. I, uh, I, I watch it as as long as I enjoy it. The stuff that I don't like, I'm like, ah, well, at least that's over with. Uh, and if it gets to the point where there's more of that than there is of the stuff I enjoy, I will go do something else. Mm-hmm. There is so much friggin' wrestling content out there. There, it's just it's obscene how much stuff there is out there, and that is so easily accessible. So, like, yeah, yeah there's no have to do is go out to the backyard and the trampoline. Oh yeah, that's. I have done my time as a backyard wrestler. I do not need to do. I cannot physically do that anymore you have you have to elaborate on that come on now (laughs) um come on now my character was i will say uh, mildly racist uh but to be fair i mean it it was was wrestling after all come on (laughs) right (laughs) well uh it was uh i was the coolie um which was my own creation it wasn't like someone someone was like you know what you should do you should dress up like a uh, uh stereotypical chinaman from you know the uh, 1840s or whatever i just thought it was real funny money this is great <laughs> and yeah cuz because it was it was the attitude era and we were just dumb kids man we would we had ladder matches um i put my friend through a flaming table um uh jumped off the roof a couple few times um i got power bombed once and never again that was that was bad times i was like oh oh that's what that feels like well great what was it a bad power bomb or was it just a power bomb no it was it was perfectly fine uh, all the parts landed where they were supposed to. <laughs> Turns out the parts aren't as uh, sturdy as as I thought they were. There you go. So, yeah, <laughs> I remember trying a sunset flip on the playground once, and oh no, man, when you land flat on your back like that, yeah. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> I thought I knew what I was doing because. I had been doing uh, theater for so long. I was like, I'm doing stage combat. I know how to do pratfall. I know how to you know, like break my fall. I've done some martial arts. So I, you know, um, but you know, you miss it just a little bit and just, yeah. just splat. So, yeah, I, I, I told Ray this last year. I had a moment where I thought about, Hey, you know, that might be fun to try. And so of course you start looking around to see, well, who, which of these guys is built like me? Who, who would I be? And I realized that that person was Mick Foley. Okay. Well, I'm out. I'm out. Yep. 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 <laughs> I was in better shape than him at the time. But as far as just being a, a big wide guy, who's not, who's not, you know, I, I wasn't terribly athletic. I was no slouch, but I wasn't like some super athlete. <clears throat> the 
just just a guy who who would be good at landing on his giant back. <laughs> um, I was out. I, I just no, no. I I don't need to be the guy with his nose coming out of his teeth coming out of his nose on a pay per view. No, thank you. I'm yeah. I'm I'm willing. Also, I'm willing to that be the guy. It's a young man's game. You have to get in early. You have to like take those shots before you know what's good for you right and get to at least if not enjoy the feeling at least you know like keep doing it um because you know, like the first one hurts second one hurts a little less third one hurts a little less and then if you stop at any point then the first one hurts again yeah it sets resets yeah but i'm talking like this was my early 20s i was still i would i would play team sports and stuff so i was th always throwing myself around and like, mm. like that part of it wasn't, but you magnify it by a couple dozen times, and and I decided on a, a more prudent course of action. That's for the best, yeah. I, my my back is terrible now, so I can't <laughs> imagine if I, you know, mm -hmm. playground playground basketball screwed me up enough. Thanks, that, <laughs> that the hell in a cell was would not be necessary. <laughs> but hey, I mean, you can still uh, dive into a, a pile full of thumbtacks. Oh yeah, broken glass, mm -hmm. riding around the ring on a bike. Would have killed. <laughs> Would have killed. God, I hated that spot so much. So bad. Would have killed my mother that much sooner. <laughs> <laughs> now getting clotheslined off a bike, I'm, I'm in for that. Okay, that's pretty but, great. I will say. But yeah, yeah the rest of that was kind of rough. <laughs> I do have a buddy, uh, it's uh, Travis Moody uh, from uh, Toy Kind of Mood, who loves AEW, and I'm I'm not wild about it. I I'm not really against it. I wish it was more of what I liked. Um, and he'll, you know, once in a while, he'll be like, "Well, you're just a, a WWE mark." And I'm like, "I'm, not, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a pro wrestling fan. I'd like to see more of what I like, and I don't care what banner it's under, but." I'm not was, loyal to any one federation. I just want to see, you know, good matches and hot angles that make sense. That's not too hard, is it? One of the things that I like about AEW especially is that there is a pretty broad range of styles available. Right. Like, they're bringing in a bunch of luchas now. You can uh, turn your head and have one of the goriest Texas death matches of all time. Um, you know, once in a while, they'll bring in Nick Gage. That's not my scene, man. Mm -hmm. But I like that they did it one time. And, you know, they've got the uh, Continental Classic now, which, you know, just like uh, a straight up old Japanese style, just, you know, strong style, just like uh, no interference, you know, just like good, solid matches, you know, a, a tournament where like I literally would be happy to see any one of those people win. So right. every single match is a good match. Right. Um, uh, and, and yeah, just like being able to do all those things and then having goofy shit like MJF, who is, you know, just a wunderkind. And again, doing the thing of like uh, taking old, dusty 80s tropes and making them relevant again, just having right. fun, you know, giving us a new look at them. Um, and, uh, uh yeah, yeah yeah just uh, mixing it up yeah the the wheel's already been reinvented right or yeah. been invented so there's really no reinventing it it's just, no. just a matter of 
finding a new way to present these things. And MJF is like if he was way overbooked on that last pay-per-view. So we'll leave that alone. There is that. Sure. It was, it was not great, but not every performance is going to be wonderful. But if you're yeah. turning that show on and you're not looking at MJF and saying, wow, that guy's awesome. I don't know what's wrong with you. If you're not turning that show on and not looking at, at what Christian Cage has been doing for the last year and saying, wow, that guy's awesome. Uh, you're not a wrestling fan. You're just, you're looking for a logo to get behind. Conversely, if, if you turn it on and see Orange Cassidy doing the exact same damn thing he's been doing for four years. Uh, did you, I mean, how much of his uh, um, title run did you see? Because I, I saw enough different things from him. Uh, the story that he was telling of, you know, like uh, uh, accumulating injuries and, I mean, like the, the story of the underdog babyface is the first wrestling story. And right. if you find new and interesting ways to tell it, um, I'll, I'll buy in. And mm -hmm. it was a take that I had not seen before. And uh, um, I, at, at first I was definitely very against orange Cassidy, but he, that son of a bitch has grown on me. He mm. is one of my favorites now. Same. Mm. But also like, yeah, if you only watch once or twice, you're like, no, no, no I'm, what is this? I saw him kick off uh dynamite 30, 40 weeks in a row, beating Ooh, somebody okay. new each week. And the one, my favorite thing he ever did was early on. It was a backstage brawl that flew through a bathroom door, and the door just smashed open. And Cassidy was just in the bathroom, standing, leaning against the wall. Uh, uh, I, I popped like crazy for that. That was hysterical. Uh, <laughs> More of that, please, and less of less of him beating everyone put in front of him. Well, I mean, there. it was it was an undercard belt, so it wasn't like it. He wasn't beating anybody. Important. Yeah, that's true. He it wasn't it wasn't top flight guys. Is there any doubt that the belt is going to be on him sooner or later, though? At this, well, they got it on him again. No, no, not that, not that belt. <laughs> the big, oh, belt. the big belt. Oh yeah. God, yes. Come eh. on, man. I I do not know because there are so many. Uh, um, top card guys that uh, could have the belt and so many that deserve the belt like right now. Right. Um, like, I mean, I love MJF to death, but like there are half dozen people that I'm like, absolutely. I want to see, you know, Swerve Strickland as the champion. Um, uh, you know, uh, incredible. Didn't he take a tombstone on a barbed wire wrapped chair and kick out? That sounds like Swerve, yeah. Yeah, so that's not really, and I'm not, I like Swerve. Love, I dig Swerve. But if you kick out from a tombstone on a barbed wire wrapped chair, should I ever believe anything could beat you? But it's a tombstone from Hangman Page. It's not his move. <laughs> not his I, move. And, and therefore, it didn't hurt, apparently. Look, it's a big move. It does damage, but it's not his finisher. No, but it's a finisher. On up at two on a chair, up at two wrapped on barb in barbed wire, one two kick out. Isn't that a problem? It is. There is the problem is there is American style, there is Japanese style, there is lucha style, there is European style. The, there's a lot of different ways to tell stories, and I don't 
like all of them, but I feel like the context changes and, you know, like, uh, um, like light tubes hate light tubes, but they, there is a certain semiotics there. They mean a certain thing when you use them. And when you have a match that's full of barbed wire, everything, it means something different than a match where a single uh, uh, steel chair comes out. So, like, do, is French your favorite language versus Spanish or English or whatever? May or may not be, but uh, if people are speaking in French, um, you know, like, that's what they're doing. And they're not speaking English, and so... Uh, um, the word, even though it may sound the same, doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. Um, and you speak whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Speak whatever you want. And I'm down with the mix of styles. I get that. And I think that's that's something you get there that you don't get at all, really, from WWF or WWE. A little tiny bit, but not, not in the same way AEW gets it. But hmm. if you have a couple weeks ago, damnedest thing I ever saw, uh, Brian Cage suplexes Kenny Omega from the second row. Yeah, outside. Straight out over and through a table on the floor. Yeah. And then they go to the break. (laughs) They come back in three minutes, and Kenny Omega is beating up Brian Cage with the pieces of the table he went through. Right. In three minutes. And I'm not a big Omega fan. Kudos to him for physically being able to right. be giving rather than taking three minutes later. But if that didn't finish a match, how would you, whatever could. Right. That, that That's part of my big issue there is that the, the executives in AEW tend to overbook their own matches. They overproduce yeah. themselves. I just, how many times are guys going to kick out of, if you, if you hit a guy with a finish and go for the pin immediately, it should be over, and it's never over. <laughs> but in, in a situation, now to put it in context, though, in a situation like Swerves, that's a pay-per-view match. It's a blood, it's, you know, you're you're capping a blood feud. The stakes are just higher. So yeah. kicking out of that, okay, I get it, because everybody's just yeah. going crazy at that point, and he kicks out because he's numb and he doesn't know what else to do. He's just on, on fumes at that point. Yeah. I get that one i'm with you on the second rope power bomb through a table or, or or suplex through a table yeah that that he's just up and and good from two minutes later i'm yeah. with you there so why why would you put that in as a break spot right because it's the first hour of of a of a of a, a regular weekly show yeah and and normally it would be a safe if they would do it with a safer move in the ring or just barely on the outside but if they say, okay, we're going to do this hellacious superplex to the floor to a break spot, and then we'll come back and continue. Well, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Right? <laughs> like, there's no guarantee Omega's getting up from that. So, right. why would you even put that in? Yeah. It's I mean, a- we are talking about it. So, okay. I mean, that, but that's such a big move in that context that, like, the next step on that match should be paramedics coming out. Right, right, right. That should be what hangman does to swerve as the payback for threatening his baby. Right. Or what swerve does to hangman 
to elevate that. So when Hangman comes out a month later, it's like, oh man, it just got real. But no, we'll be right back. Really? <laughs> Didn't you just kill Kenny Omega on national television? Shouldn't there be charges filed? Holy smokes. Like, I, okay. I get that. But also, like, uh, it's the problem that uh, uh, um, Cornette has with luchadors. You know, like, why, what, is, what sense does it make that a guy would hold another guy's hand as he climbs to the rope and then walks across it and does like a double flip moonsault to land on him, you know, like in the context of a actual fight doesn't make any sense, but there are certain things that we allow because we want to see the spectacle that results mm -hmm. um, in the same way that like, I can't, I don't watch fast and furious movies because I'm like, that's, stupid you can't yeah. do that with a car because you and, have some modicum of good taste yeah i mean well there's that but also i have <laughs> just like everybody else like i have my limits you know and that's where they are that's where i happen to be and and uh, uh vin diesel just falls outside those limits <laughs> sorry about it but that's just what it is goes back and, you to know street sharks thing Oh yeah, that <laughs> car know, kicked out. Good. That car kicked out after four pile drivers. That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I mean, they send their goddamn cars to space, and you know what? Right. I've never seen. I have never seen any wrestler get flung into space yet. <laughs> but stay tuned. Give it up. <laughs> At some point, Brian Cage will get his hands on Danhausen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the young bucks are going to drop an elbow off a satellite sooner or later. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> I'll spend 50 bucks for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Got to see it once, right? <laughs> uh, you know what I actually miss? I don't even know if they do it anymore. Maybe they do it some places. It's almost completely gone in Los Angeles. But I really enjoyed going to AEW pay-per-views in theaters. Like they would just put the pay-per-view on in an AMC or whatever, and you get uh, three, four dozen fans in the theater with you, cheering just like they were there live. Um, and it's superior to the live experience uh, because you actually get to see what's happening. Right. We went to mm -hmm. the last uh, uh, AEW pay-per-view because it was here at the forum in LA and I completely missed the thing where uh, Tony storm put a pan into her uh, pants and, you know, smack someone with it. The entire uh, uh, finish to that I missed. Cause I was too far away to see what they're mm -hmm. doing. Um, I understand the TV viewers missed that too. It, uh, I mean, there were people that were complaining about it after I was like, what? That looked like a really fun match. Oh, I didn't realize that that's what had happened. Um, and when you're in that theater, you actually get to see all the stuff plus have the, uh, the energy from people who are standing up and cheering when some, you know, the count three or whatnot like that. Um, and it's a shame they don't, uh, I guess not enough people are going or whatever. Maybe it's a bad deal for a theater to, uh, uh, like carve out a five, six hour chunk right. of their day for, for one of these, but. That could be it. Those 17 match six hour marathons. Put on. Love yeah. and hate it in equal measure. Right, right. The, the, like at what the, the, the kid in you is going, yes, that's that's so much wrestling. 
yes <laughs> and, and the human being in you is like oh my god i i yeah can't watch that much wrestling <laughs> what they should do is put like an hour pre-show on the front of that and a two-hour scrum at the end of it <laughs> just uh just stretch it so good wwe had a friggin' media scrum after yeah. their last pay-per-view yeah yeah. What the hell? They always do, but th- for some reason they've started televising them. Do they really? Yeah. Like there's always a pay-per-view. There's always a, a press conference afterwards. But for some reason people have started paying attention to those. And um I I don't know why. I can't think of anything that's ever happened on any WWE post pay-per-view media scrum. Um, you know, we got we got no no brawl outs happening. Mm-mm. On those, but um, not yet. <laughs> right? Maybe that's uh, it. Maybe that's the whole point. Uh, I it didn't even occur to me that those two things happened right around the same time, and now I'm very concerned that they think it would be a really great idea to boost some uh, WrestleMania numbers if they do one of those uh, just before. All they got to do is sign the bucks and send them down to Punk's locker room to get their ass handed to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someday. Just get Larry the dog clear. That's all we need. Right. Get Larry. <laughs> Omega's a good man. Got, got the dog out. That's all he needed to do. Did we ever find out which buck got knocked out? Does it matter? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. They're, they're kind of interchangeable, so I don't no, know. no, one's far douchier than the other. I think, <laughs> and you know who I'm talking about, right? So you know, <laughs> I don't. Sure. I really don't know which one you prefer. I, the, I the scuttle was that one of them got knocked cold, and I don't know which one, but I'm hoping it's uh, Matt's the one with the darker hair, right? He's yeah, the, yeah, he's the old. Yeah. Yeah, he's the he's the he's the lead dog. Oh, you think he's the douchier one? Oh, I always yeah. figured oh, it for Nick. Yeah. No, okay. no, no, no. Right. <laughs> Sooner or later, someone's gonna land in live. Someone's gonna land a drone on the bald spot on Nick's head, and that's gonna be the end of it. <laughs> They'll just be the Bucks after that. <laughs> I mean, they kind of already are, aren't they? They're like forty and thirty-four. They're not really yeah. Bucks anymore. Yeah. They're just the old bucks doesn't uh, doesn't quite work. I mean, they're younger than us, so far be it for me to apply the correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fair. so they're youngins, right? Relatively speaking. So, Chan, let's bring this back to GI Joe a little bit. Oh, yeah. oh, why not? By all means, right? we'll, we will veer off again. I'm certain. <laughs> but uh, Honcho's a Steeler guy. Uh, my favorite is is Beachhead. What's the character that you ride or die with out of G.I. Joe? I mean, as a kid, hands down, it was Snake Eyes. Um, like, That's your basic. Because... Wait, wait, was, it, was it Snake Eyes, Hulk Hogan, Michael Jordan, and Joe Montana? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, I, I was a Piper guy, first off. Oh, there you uh, go. There we go. Yeah. I, was, I, I was a Snake Eyes guy because... When you're a little Asian kid and you're the only Asian kid, any sort of Asian culture, uh, any sort of Asian influence in pop culture, you're going to glom onto. 
Uh, right. So I would watch Kung Fu movies as a kid. And then I found Ninja movies. I'm like, oh, my God, this is some next level ish. And then along comes like Snake Eyes. I'm like, well, that guy's a ninja. In, in, uh, fairness, in fairness, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty awesome. And I'm look, look, I was a kid. As a, there is no child in the 80s that didn't think the Uzi was the be all end all of mm. like, like it would be Uzi versus uh, uh, nuclear bomb. You're like, well, the guy with the Uzi obviously could take out the other dude. Oh, dude, but the between, most awesome weapon in the history of everything. Between Snake Eyes and Magnum PI, man, that <laughs> Uzi by a, by a mile. Hells yeah. Uh, but then uh, as I got a little bit older, uh, like, like a couple years older, like still in my childhood i was like what is up with tomax and zaymont these guys are nuts i love it um i don't i don't know what it was um maybe i just had a thing for like the cheech and chong's corskin brothers i was like what if that were a g in a gi joe cartoon um but uh yeah th those were from that point on, I was a Tomax and Zayma guy. They are kind of like the Italian CEO gymnast Cheech and Chong. I never thought about it that way. I'm saying. <laughs> Torsen, Why? Damn it. Torsen. <laughs> right, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, why? And and looking back at them now, like, they're like little proto-Trumps. Like, they're terrible. <laughs> but God bless them. Still love them. Look, it's great storytelling, and I'm sure that somewhere on the East Coast, there's a Chan Clark Robert that looks just like you that has a star. And uh, I, one of the things I found when I before I moved to Los Angeles, I would just like come down to Los Angeles visiting or whatever, and I would always see doppelgangers, like the sexy doppelgangers of people that I knew uh, back home, and I just always assumed that the, like like. In Los Angeles, there is a version of you that is uh, younger, hotter, you know, more muscular, whatever. Um, so, like, for the idea of having a uh, much better looking, more successful twin has always been in the back of my head. So they just clone us and give us, send us a sexy class and then... I mean, I feel like everybody, there's there's two of every person... And one of them, like, has the gumption to go follow their dreams in Los Angeles. The other one stays back, whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, although I imagine there must... Now I think there might be three because there's got to be a less successful, less sexy version of me somewhere. Right. I was going to uh, say, so are, are you the guy who followed his dreams to LA or are you looking for that version of your No, I, I saw that guy before, oh, okay. um, which should have told me right off the bat, don't move to Los Angeles. That guy's already here and he's doing better than you. You're you not going to stop him. I would have mugged him and taken I, that wallet. And... It just, just pretended that I was him. I yeah, just now put John some product Franklin. in the hair and, and mm -hmm. off you go. This you is why I'm not the more successful one because <laughs> I, I don't have thoughts like that. He's not a chance homeowners association. That's yeah. mm. <laughs> somewhere that that guy gets home and is out of his uh, Bugatti and sets down his briefcase and goes in the backyard. And when his kid, kid comes off the triple trampoline, he just turns and gets him by the neck. Right, <laughs> his life's that much better.
the goofle right there. Yep, right there. <laughs> and the kid goes, you're the best, Dad. I'm going to bed right now. <laughs> wow. I came into this podcast a lot happier than I'm leaving it. That's, that's, that's why I'm here. We have that. <laughs> that's what we're known for. Mike puts it back on the rails. Rob talks about Batman. Mm-hmm. And I make people feel worse about themselves. So <laughs> anytime we need a parenting joke, Mark Weber. Yep. I also, yeah. and I have a cat. So there you go. There you go. Perfect. I, I have, cat, I have cat video, but I don't have a cat. Hmm. I got, I got a, I got a cat tree right next to me right here. Holy smokes. Right next to, which one's that? Ginger. Oh, look at that. Hey man. Hey, what's for dinner there? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a nut-free household, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Mark, Mark, you still got your uh, your visitor in the cat condo? Yeah, there? he's out though. Like he's not. There's no part of him that's visible. He's just done. Once <laughs> in a while, he, he'll wander by, and the tail comes by like a shark fin. It's right. pretty cool, but. He likes to be a part of things. Yeah. He's not real sociable. He's got like a hundred claws. So we just let him do his thing. Right. You know, I, I took that the first time he showed up and, and you got him some camera time. I took that bit and I put it as a short on YouTube figuring, well, this will get us some cheap views. Yeah. Everybody loves cat video. It is our worst performing. <laughs> I tagged it up with cat stuff. I didn't even tag it up with G.I. Joe stuff. Drives me crazy. I hate <laughs> I you hear that, YouTube? I hate you. <laughs> hate you. Oh, all this time. 1300 viewers. 13 years, Chan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that is rough, man. Well, we were we were we we still have a successful audio podcast, which is just all the, the audio from what we record live mm-hmm. on Tuesday nights. So we I don't know. I we we, we do better than better than that but you know what can i tell you what can i do Nothing. i don't know pour more time and resources into a ship that refuses to sail yes that's the plan it's a bad plan that can't be changed <laughs> we're all just content monkeys here uh, truthfully it's been long enough now that if i stopped i wouldn't know what to do with that time <laughs> So it like it, it's probably keeping keeping me off of drugs. It's it's keeping everybody in the in the parking lot like their hubcaps are all safe. It's I my kid is now old enough that uh, every once in a while I'll find that I have like a few hours to myself. Like uh, uh um or like I'll get off work a little bit early uh or you know there'll be like uh half a weekend day or something like that and i could do literally whatever i want and i don't know what to do i have (laughs) no idea who i am anymore or what i would do with free time given free time i'm like have i have i finished editing all the podcasts i guess i could just go um i don't know pull some clips what do i do i think what's important chan is that the first thing you do is you grab the keys and you get in the car and you leave the house. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter where you go after that. Just go somewhere else. Go to Arby's. That's fine. 
At least you went to Arby's. They have that the is. meats, you know. Uh, what Look, if I don't want the meats? Then don't go to Arby's. That, <laughs> that's fine. I'm not saying you got to go to Arby's and buy something. Just, you're, just, you're, in, you're in freaking L.A. Don't go to Arby's. Go to Tommy. <laughs> go to Tommy Burger like everybody else. Come on now. Go get some of them great tacos we keep hearing about. Right. Hey, go to Round Table. Great. Round Table Pizza. Come on. I love round table. <laughs> Can't get that in Rhode Island. Uh we're we're a Shakey's family. Oh, that's a good, kid that's a good spot. Found out that there were like three video games in the back. And so, like, well, let's go to Shakey's. What Great. what what video games? It's like w- one old ass driving game and that uh um that sort of frogger knockoff that's just got one big button and you what kid six and already has shit taste in video games man i mean i I was hoping you were going to give me some retro goodness like like donkey kong jr or mr do's wild ride or something but no i mean lord knows if there were a street fighter 2 machine in there we would be there every other night right right agreed i I was more of a mortal Kombat guy but Mm. the button combos were easier for me for some reason there's a barcade out here in Arizona or in uh, Rhode Island that has like a, a one Sunday a month is family day. Right. So <laughs> I hauled the kids down there and we found the X-Men game, right. The five people can play at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I'm Cyclops. Cause I'm a Cyclops guy. <laughs> and it was broken. All he had was oh. the button that shot his giant optic blast, which you <laughs> only get like two of. <laughs> he had no punch. He had no <laughs> jump. He could just walk kill everything twice and then he was just a target <laughs> and my, my son my son was like hey dad did you know that cyclops kind of sucks I'm like yeah, <laughs> i get that a lot there <laughs> tell oh, me your kid's a nightcrawler guy what is there he i think he was he was probably wolverine because he's so overpowered mm, in that game right sure sure a walking target who's only useful twice just like the comics. Yeah, kind of like, like the comics. This, yeah, so cool. <laughs> so weird that he was a leader for so long. <laughs> yeah, how so much respect we had for middle management back then. He was, well, he was the best at complaining. So, <laughs> anyway, my favorite meme is is still uh, is still Cyclops saying to Wolverine, "Hey, how's that healing factor work on your heart?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one where I got to concede for you. Yeah, that's uh, he did. He did. Uh, Cyclops did bag his fair share of hot super chicks. Yep. So good, good for him. Well that's, played. That's what we call making the making the most of what you got. That's right. <laughs> I have this thing. I shoot lasers out of my eyes that I and I can't control it. Right. Oh well. What else do you do? I bitch a lot. Well, yeah. all right. Well, that, that's the second superpower. Hot damn. I complain and I won't make eye contact with you. Want a date? Right. <laughs> Calls up his little brother all the time and he's like, hey, how's marriage with your green-haired wife? <laughs> you want to talk to the white queen? No? All right, fine. They, they, don't, uh, they don't get written in the book very much, so I dare say Havoc's doing a little better. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> Just at uh, home watching Breaking Bad or whatever, you know. Right. 
Uh, it's a whole thing, man. Like he, he, Marvel is almost foreign territory for me, except for Spider-Man. <laughs> like Rob taught me how to read. I was three years old with his his copies of Justice League of America. <laughs> so that like that '80s JLA is just what's ingrained into my head. <laughs> except for my my first book was of course Spider-Man's ABCs. Nice. It's still somewhere. I have it somewhere. Which Spider-Man was it? Uh, I think it was the the one that they use in the little golden books. Uh, it's Ben Riley. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I think my first actual comic book was an issue of the New Defenders. I don't remember which one it was, but it was during the era where Cloud was one of the characters. <laughs> and I don't know. I was like, must have been like nine. No, like six or seven years old and like a hot girl who just had clouds over her bikini area that was in right there you go. Go. I didn't need anything else woke something in you mm-hmm. something and something you not yet understand now i only get turned on by fog which is right. uh, awkward <laughs> which is which is strange but hey the mornings are great yeah what are you gonna do? You're in LA, so does smog do anything? I mean, smog. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're a dirty girl. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can, you can kick me out if you guys need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, wait. That's all I oh, asked for. Uh, oh no. Oh no. What is he doing? That's what is he? <laughs> no. It's too quick. I left you here with smog. <laughs> I think it's actually pronounced smog. We're all going to go to sleep with images of Benedict Cumberbatch like slinking around in his green screen outfit. <laughs> Have you seen those pictures? No, huh? They, they used, um, they did motion capture on Benedict Cumberbatch as smog. So if I, I don't know what you would look up to find that, but uh, he's in like the uh, that green screen suit with like the little balls all over it, just like yeah. crawling around on the floor like a dragon. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I did Cumberbatch, and I loved him as the voice, but he's not going to be a more convincing dragon than anybody else, right? Like, come on now. I mean, who's to say? It's look, he's getting into the role, I guess. The the bar was set by Andy Circus and he had he felt he had to get over. Mm-hmm. There it is. Dang. Uh, you, you got a problem with uh Andy Circus? No, 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 it's power oh. on. Power on. Not uh, impressed. It's, it's a little later out here. No, Andy Circus is a genius. <laughs> I got we're actually just watching the old uh we fired up the whole Lord of the Rings this week. We're gonna try to get through. We had bread, I think it's true. That in the in the fight scene at the very end, an orc throws a knife at uh, Aragorn and he deflects it with the blade, which we've seen a hundred times in a hundred movies. But supposedly there was a prop error, and the orc actually threw a real knife at Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> and so when he deflects that knife with his sword, it sounds great because. He actually was deflecting a knife with a, a not sharp, but a metal sword. Right. Cool. We were like, we waited like two and a half hours for that, man. We we're like, come on, man, where's the knife? Where's the knife? 
<laughs> not not sharp is kind of a moot point right that yeah point. it's it's just gonna do different kind of damage that'll so, wake you that'll wake you up in the morning have to go to work and have an orc throw a real knife at you i think it's more likely to put you out yeah right? probably too. we just bought a big fancy tv on black friday and you know what i haven't seen on it yet uh because it's it, it's got the the fancy hd that i apparently didn't know i was missing for the past eight years, uh, I have not watched any of the Lord of the Rings on that yet. Well, see, yeah. this is that's oh. that's the good thing that Mark Weber has brought to your life. Yeah, I'm here to help. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch me some orcs. Try put on to... put on some NFL games and see how bad those sideline reporters really look in 4K <laughs> HD. <laughs> that hastened the end of Chris Berman's career. <laughs> Never wanted to see him that crystal clear. I'll watch some old Star Trek episodes and get freaked out. There you go. When I was a kid, when Star Trek was over, Doctor Who would come on. And we would go from Star Trek levels of professional set design to (laughs) Doctor Who. And we would go, man, this shit looks terrible. Even as kids, we were like, how fake is this shit? (laughs) So when Doctor Who got popular again, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, I'm, I'm like, nah, I'm not watching it. I already know what it's going to look like. It's going to look like garbage. <laughs> I, when it started becoming popular again, I watched the first episode of the new ones, and it's uh, an episode with like uh, mannequins or whatever, and like like living plastic, and the uh, uh, effects were terrible, like legit <laughs> awful CGI, and so I swore off it for years, and then I came back. Um, tried watching another doctor and i'm like oh my god this is amazing um so now whenever people are like i don't get the doctor who what should i start with i'm like i could i can tell you like eight places where not to start right but uh once you do get in then oh man you're gold there's don't start in 77 77 was a bad year for doctor who Uh, we just started watching Tom Baker because we're trying to get the kid into it. Um, it's not really uh, vibing with that, but with Tenant, he's he's digging it. So, well, it sounds yeah. like Scrooge McDuck, huh? Sounds like Scrooge McDuck. Uh, there's that. I guess <laughs> he's not uh, much of a Disney kid. Oh man. Uh, no, not much of a duck, which sucks because I got Carl Barks up the yinny up uh, on my bookshelves here, and he, he's not into it. I'm like, what is what's wrong with you, man? Oh man, that 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 is a shame. Ducktales reboot quality show, quality, yeah. great show. I respect that. The original, I didn't care one way or the other. Point. Uh, we've had to watch it a couple times, and uh, I've been pretty impressed with how it's hold up. I didn't watch it when I, back then either, but like, right, like it was fine. It just you know, I, I was I was not at that point in my life anymore, where where you're going to give me a, a show full of Disney ducks and Donald's not a part of it and expect mm-hmm. me to be entertained. No, no, no. <laughs> Ducktales reboot. Donald is all over it, which is why it's awesome. Well, it's part of why it's awesome. Is he all roid ragey all the time? That's my favorite Donald. No. Yeah. No. No. Oh. Then what's the point? Yeah, and Donald is he's uh he he is us. We are Donald. Donald is us. He's 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 America's favorite 
underdog waterfowl. <laughs> second. I say second, but honestly, uh, it's a shame how far the Looney Tunes have fallen. Oh, yeah. Uh, in pop culture estimation. Um, and I don't know. It's because, it, again, I try and uh, show it to my kid, and he's like, no. What is right. this trash? And I'm like, but this is my childhood. Right. What are you saying? This is this is everything. All of what I am is because of Looney Tunes. Uh, I guess it just does not translate. Not all of it. Yeah, that's why I've never. I haven't shown my kids any Stooges stuff because mm. I don't. I don't think they'll like it, and I don't know how I would deal with that. Right. And you, you don't know how to explain Iggy Pop to them. Yeah, so, might be a little hard. Yes, yeah, might be a little hard. <laughs> he's he's a he's he's an acquired taste. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting the Iggy Pop turn. I'm sorry. I should have been. I should have been. That's what I was doing before this thing turned on. Is listening to uh, First Wave on XM. Anyhow, good Lord, we've meandered through seven different conversations over these last couple hours. What mm-hmm. else do we need to know? Um, I, uh, uh, you should check out uh, Who Would Win. That's another thing that I do on occasion. It's a lot of fun. It's a, a podcast that is, uh, you know, you, you pick two uh geek culture characters against one another and you know have a debate about who would win in a fight um it's a it like it's it's well trod ground there's a lot of shows that do there are literally four other at least four other running currently running podcasts also called who would win so it's kind of a saturated market um but at the same time so, so how do we know which one that that you're working on? How do we know which one is that one? Look for Ray and James. There we go. I would say like look for the one with the two white guys who talk about geek stuff. Right. So, but it's a podcast. So there you go. Turns out that there's four other podcasts. <laughs> um, but uh, I have fun with it, and I try and like keep because it's their show it's ray and james's show i do uh the engineering i do some other creative stuff in the background uh i do some of the patreon stuff um and i judge a lot but mostly it's them uh but i try and drag them into silliness into just having fun with it because i mean like it's so disheartening to me that like the geek stuff that i loved as a kid is now popular like you you're not going to get thrown into a a garbage can in high school because you like x-men anymore but the downside of that is that there are so many jerks that are in the space and are just there to it's like when the jocks discovered metal and, you know, it used to be you could go into a pit and, you know, fling yourself around and everybody be looking out for each other. And then the jock showed up and, like, started hurting people. Right. So, you know, now you're in a in a, a forum about superheroes and there's people who are like, oh, you suck. You're the worst. How dare you think that 
fucking <clears throat> Colossus could be giant and just uh the it, the whole thing just devolves into just ugh, the worst aspects of humanity so um like i still like being in that space and i trying to keep it as light and fun as possible and uh if you were to go check out that particular who would win podcast with race to canis and james gabsy um you know you you might find uh be kind of enjoyable if you're into that sort of thing i like the two minute 50th episode that was colossus and magneto that was a good one <laughs> what the f is that didn't didn't last real long oh. <laughs> that old magneto iron man showdown that was kind of short um, chan what what else do we have here we have touched base on uh knowing is half the podcast we have talked about your history and the brand we have talked about your wrestling preferences we have talked about who would win what else do we, we have we have given parenting tips mm -hmm. to the masses <laughs> like that's that's five big talking points right there what else do we need to know about you sir i mean that's that's it that's all that is the sum total of my existence man right i mean we even know that sporty spice is your spice girl yeah that's deep. got her tattooed on my calf that is that is going way into the layers uh it's uh yeah, 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 I feel like uh, Godzilla is going to be my next tattoo. Uh, it's Godzilla and Totoro, kind of a two-piece thing, I think. Is that Godzilla with Sporty Spice's head? Or Ooh. I mean, you you can only put so much spice on your body, uh, <laughs> and we have we have the maximum amount now. Okay, so. okay. but um, Mark Weber, you have any last uh, thoughts? And I'm just thinking how how you're gonna get Godzilla on the neck, unless he's like swimming Godzilla and he's going around. It just has to be Godzilla's head. The rest of him can be on on Chan's body. I was thinking if the, if the other calf is free, he can be the head up. You know, shooting lasers to the heavens, Godzilla. That's a good look. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Or uh, how about I uh, get Godzilla holding up Godzuki, right. Godzuki on my neck, and then the you know like all the way down the. I was, I was gonna say i don't know how much real estate you're you're planning to allocate here but if it's a small spot gadzook is always never a bad choice and then yeah. and then you're a shoe in for that that three to three shift at the at the circle k right <laughs> shoe get, get gadzook and put the big green gi joe helmet on him and make the great <laughs> gadzook and now you're <laughs> winning tattoo that's the greatest too yeah the same difference whatever and Godzuki, damn it. There's an E on the end. Godzuki. Is there? Yeah. I don't remember them calling him Gadzuki on the cartoon. He, it was in the theme song, Mark. Come on. I remember the theme song. I don't remember an E on the end. And the, I remember the, there were a lot of O's, right? I don't remember an E, but. There's Godzuki. Then in the uh, Toho uh, movies, it was Manila. M I N. I L L A, but he didn't do his uh, own singing. That was all voice track. No, really? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then didn't Godzilla jump on like a robot scooter and drive around sometimes? I'm trying to think of the unnecessary uh, sidekicks we didn't like. T Bob, <laughs> he rode around T Bob. I'm pretty sure. 
I liked T-Bob. It was Scott that I hated. I don't know. It's like Kid Omega on that Star Wars cartoon. Scott was the worst. T-Bob almost made him salvageable. They gave, like, they gave T-Bob funny lines to say. And he could could transform. So he had that going for him. The the problem was never T-Bob. The problem was that T-Bob was saddled with Scott. We ever see Scott's mom. She's out of the picture, man. She's at the bar. She's gone. She's <laughs> Sorry, Scott Tracker. You got you got dealt a rough hand. Dad, mom's at the bar. You get to play with T Bob. <laughs> That's about it for special edition eighty nine. Everybody for for our special guest Robert Clark Chan for the Honcho Mark Weber. I'm your host Mike Irizarry. Merry Christmas. Have a happy New Year. We'll we'll catch you next week. Have a good one. It's Whamageddon all over again. Oh, speaking of, uh, cadet teaching last week, and a girl in the first period, my daughter's my fr- she's freshman in high school, first period class, she's in there. Another girl in the class, I give them their assignment. They say, Mr. Weber, can we put on a Christmas playlist? And it sounds like they're trying to rip the sub, right? And I said, does Mrs., uh, I'm going to make up a name, Vanderkamp, normally let you guys do that? And they go, and a bunch of kids said, yep. I'm all right. So, and my daughter Elizabeth goes, uh, "I'll find one for you, Dad." Okay. So she's doing the YouTube thing, and and she's and she's like, "Okay, cool." And then uh, she puts something up and hits play, and that's how my daughter eliminated twenty people from the Whamageddon <laughs> at eight forty-five a.m. on December first. It was the most <laughs> cold-blooded thing ever. I heard I heard last Christmas queue up and I'm like, what the f-? she had no idea what she'd done, but like three people in the class were like, oh <laughs> that's it. The baby faced assassin. <laughs>